Yo. Hello. Hold on, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out the other phone was way better. What other phone? This the phone I'm using now. I have more than one phone. Oh, I got two phones. Well, I'm glad because Wow. <laughs> That's everybody's favorite quotable. Sorry, hold on. Luckily, I have this. All right, what's up? What to do? Uh, Welcome to my lo- my lo-fi podcast. <laughs> uh... As proclaimed by you. Wow, you really ran with Of course. <laughs> of course I did. And I'm gonna I'm not gonna forget it. I this is gonna that's gonna be the name of this episode. Uh... it's gonna be Lo Fi Podcast featuring Riley Ridden. <laughs> and speaking of that, I'm your host, Hyphy T. Um, I'm from the best coast, the West Coast, but I'm reporting out of Brooklyn, New York. Um, I love New York, and I'm joined by Riley Ritten today for music. Uh... <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. But no, no, no OnlyFans talk, just music today. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's refreshing for a change. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. All right. Well, tell us how, tell us what you specialize in music-wise. What I specialize in music-wise, oh, I make hip-hop rap music. That's mainly it. You're a rapper. You're a rapper. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> okay, okay, and and you can rap like you can really rap. I was um, Wolf, the guy that he, you met him at the last Hardest Off recording. He raps too, so I sent him your, I sent him twelve, and he was like. Man, this man can rap. I'm like, I know. <laughs> so yeah, the world needs to know. I mean, obviously you put in projects out and people do know, but like people need to know. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's what and that's what I've been making sure that I've been doing since I put it out and even before then, like I know my marketing and promo can use better work, but I may I may do what what I had with the knowledge that I had of it for the time being. So okay, that's fine. All right. So what I like to to do, what I like to start out by saying, besides, wait, did I ask you how do you push the culture forward? How did I push the culture forward? How do how do you push the culture In forward? In general, or yeah. In general, I mean, you can, it's open to interpretation. You can take it any way you want, but yeah, generally, how do you push the culture forward? Um, honestly, I don't have the answer. Honestly, I don't have the answer up top. Just the generic, just the generic answers, honestly, other than just, you know, just be yourself and make the, be yourself and make the art that you want to make. Not, not just, you know, and not just go off what the public wants. Because I always said, pe- people don't know what they really want. They think they do, but they like being dictated to. 
Like if it was le- if it was left up to them, like everybody would sound like a fucking Kendrick Lamar or J. Cole or a Drake even. And there's more to music than just the big three and shit. Or not not just limited to music, just anything dealing with um creativity in general. Just be yourself and make the art that you want to make, not what the industry wants, not what the people want, what you want. And odds are it's going to make the difference then and there. That's why we have the big three that I listed because niggas just was being themselves and made the artwork that they wanted to make. So there's... That's the essence of creation after all, right? Yeah, pretty much. Does niggas want to call my podcast low five? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that's just... that's People enjoy people that... that create what the fuck they want to create and I know that when when it comes comes to the commercialization of hip-hop we kind of blurred those lines a little bit but I will hope that that like that's kind of the origin people creatively telling these these stories or packaging these experiences yeah but my issue is is when they start putting that or everyone else and they're not understanding that everyone is established different everybody is built different so and I said this on Twitter like a couple of days ago, like these casual, whether it's the casual listeners or listeners in general, they need to stop looking for their favorite artists and different people. Like, yeah. like Riley Rittens isn't going to say, like, um, I remember I was like pitching my music through Submit Hub, which I'm going to, which I'm going to stop doing because that shit is just misery. And, uh, Mm-hmm. I said one of the joints I submitted to was that Shrek knows rap motherfucker. Every be on Twitter, mm-hmm. he just said that. Yeah. I think I pitched him either new broken. I pitched broke. I pitched broken to him, and um, he said it needed to have a melody in it. That's what he said. Like mm-hmm. it needed to have a melody in it, and I'm like, and I just looked at the phone like the fuck melody. <laughs> like I re- like and I kid you not I went straight to YouTube and looked it up looked looked up songs that had melodies in it and I'm like what the f-? like this ain't like this ain't me that's not what you're going for it's your art yeah, yeah. like that's not me like yeah. and that's what led me to say what I said like stop looking for your favorite artists into other people like Rittens yeah. is not, you know, the big three. Riley Rittens is not this person, nor is this person that person. Just make the art. Just make yeah. the artwork you want to make, and you're gonna attract the people that you want to attract. Like if I, if my shit was meant to have melody, it would have had melody. Right. So there's that. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want you. I want you to. Um, I want you to talk about your where you're from a little bit as well. Um, well, actually, first, first, before that, I want to say because I know you were posting about um, you know because you're saying your submit hub and all that, and like mm-hmm. you posted some of the responses to your music. All these people are like, "Oh, you need to do this. You need to deliver it this way." Blah blah blah. Like all these responses, all these critiques. Um, but I feel like that kind of makes you. I feel like your brand. I feel like the OnlyFans brand has kind of made you an underdog when it comes to rap. Let's talk about that. Uh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, like all the like the fans that I've garnered from the Omi fans review only knows me through that. They don't know that I used to they don't know that I made music before this. So they only know me for the Omni fans mm-hmm. review content. And once I start posting my music, I noticed that's when the following started dipping down a little bit. And I addressed it. I addressed it. Like I realized people are more fans of my content than they are of me. And that's like, that's in a way, that's what I originally wanted in the first place. But at the same time, it's, it's like a draw. It's a, it gives a drawback too. like, they're not willing to give anything a chance outside of what they like. And I said that I'm like, yo, I'm not just like, and I called it too. Like once I start posting my music, the reaction was going to be, uh, Another nigga with a fucking Spotify link. Like, bro, we don't get Well, how many how many times did you think people told Kanye West that he needs to stick to producing? Before? Nah, I know. That's why I'm that's served another reason why I kept pushing my shit. And it was funny because I immediately mm. played last call after I read those comments. Some say he and, and I posted yeah. it on my stories too. That specific part. Some say he arrogant. Can y'all blame him? It was straight embarrassing how y'all play like. That's exact that's exactly what that's exactly what it is. People want you to stick to one thing that they know you for. And my quote has always been artists are claustrophobic. Artists are claustrophobic. We don't want to be boxed into just one thing that y'all know and like us for. And there's more to artists than just that thing. Artists are multifaceted people in general. Like and like at any given time, I can get into some other shit that you wouldn't expect me to be in. And I'm going to do it. And obviously, I'm going to do it for me. I'm going to do it to like peak my, I'm going to do it to satisfy my curiosity and see how far I can take it. I'm more than just, I'm more than just, I'm sorry, I'm more than just an OnlyFans review. I'm a whole, like, I'm a whole ass human being. Like, just the, the spirit and energy that's guiding that one ship you know me for. Is guiding multiple ships with the same energy and the same, you know, sincerity, unfiltered sincerity at that. So whoever rock, rocks with it yeah. and whoever doesn't, that's their loss. And that's kind of how I feel about myself breaking into this hip hop scene because I feel like people see me and they're just like, who is this <laughs> little woman? I mean, I'm tall. I'm not little, but, you know, little this the skinny little girl like coming in here trying to say, oh, I love hip hop. Like, let me break into this hip hop scene, like underground hip hop. Yeah. You and know? it's more I and it's more that. difficult for women. It's even more difficult for women in hip hop, especially black women in hip hop. They don't they don't seriously yeah. off rip because you're a woman. Like instead, and to be right. blunt about it, everybody if anything, everybody is just interested. Let me not say, scratch that. Let me not generalize it into everybody because it's like a specific. Men, men mainly are interested, men mainly are interested in taking your ideas and fucking you. That's it. Take, yeah. Take, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> women, women are yeah. interested in being fake buddies with you and taking your ideas. That's it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. it's funny because I've already had only 
only like one instance. Actually, I had a couple instances of of men like being not shady, but just not responsive to me when I'm reaching out to try to do business with them. And it's crazy because then those are the same men that end up trying trying to take or entertaining the idea of doing the same thing that I'm doing. Because they're Mm -hmm. not in it. Because they're not in it for the same reasons you are. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not in, not everybody, everybody's in it for different reasons. Like, and the fucked up thing is for some of them, it may have not started that way. Like, people come in with genuine intentions, then before you know it, like, the shit just changes, certain, certain shit changes you when you allow it to. Like you could take away the lesson and come out better for it, or you can like let the lesson affect you to where you've now become the very thing that you hated. So, I mean, but I haven't gotten past that threshold yet. But sorry, my cousin, want... my cousin just tried to call me. Uh, I just had somebody call me like three times the whole time I've been on it, and I just put the phone right so. I know it's like I know it's like something urgent like, but I'm gonna get back to it. But anyway. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> right, I said what I said. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> that reminds me of Nini Leaks. I love <laughs> I love that clip. Let's get to know because you you are this your whole ass human, as you said. <laughs> so let's get to know Riley as a person then. I wanna know about your where you're from your your background and how that shaped you as a person and how that shaped you as a rapper um all right well let's start from the top um normally how (laughs) normally how i introduce myself in general especially when i do my performances is um i go by the name of riley ritz born and raised in brooklyn shout out shout out bushwick shout out canarsie shout out best i I always shout out those three places because they all like shaped me into this person that I am. Like mm-hmm. Bushwick is where I spent my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, Canarsie is where I spent my teenage years. And that's where I also like started rapping anyway. Um, Bed-Stuy is, I mean, Bed-Stuy is where honestly I got my first apartment. And that's also served around the time I just put out my first two my first project. So mm-hmm. that that holds a bookmark in my life too. So there's those. Um fuck one of my cousins, he was in this group. I don't know if you're you're probably I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, is this group called Pitch Black. Mm-hmm. Um were signed with Universal. Like he, my cousin worked with Foxy Brown, he worked with producers like DJ Premier and all that other shit. So, I mean, it it panned out how it panned out, but I rarely bring that up because I want to like, I don't want to, I, for some weird reason, I I didn't want to be that person that just, you know, coasted off, you know, no names and shit. I want to make my own mark and shit. Yeah. So, I want person to know, I want people to know me as an individual as opposed to who I'm attached to. Of course. But um, yeah, um, I didn't start really rapping until I turned 16. You know, before then, I was just like writing bullshit haikus <laughs> all the way to junior high school. And 
what made me rap was like this is around the time I was like getting back into house. I already grew up on movies like House Party, but I just started getting back into them in my teens. And uh-huh. it was when I was watching the bootleg VHS tape of Eight Mile. And after I watched it, I, I, I don't know what possessed me. I went to go see this um, music video of Immature back when in, when it was known as IMX. I decided to write this little bullshit eight bars. I fucking hate it to this day. Like I hate <laughs> it so. It's always. I feel like it's always your first rhyme. That's that's the most garbage. And mine's was no different. I just wrote this little cheesy ass bullshit ass eight bars and I just tucked that shit and since then I just said to myself all right you know what let me just let me just get this out my system let me just get this not get this out my system but let me just do it anyway like if I'm like if I'm if I if I'm still doing this within a year then continue on with it if not then it was a good run while it lasted I went past that year and I've been rapping since. Okay. And you fired too. So it was meant to be. Uh, thank you. Um, but as for the name, um, I'll never forget. I was hanging out with somebody from school. His name was Tim. And we would go over to Williamsburg. Shout out and- to Tim. <laughs> <laughs> we, would, we would hang out with this dude called Shark. And um, one day I just went over there and he said, like, yo, I'm, whatever name I give sticks with you. So I'm going to give you a name that sticks with you. He saw that I was wearing a boondock shirt. Mm-hmm. And that's where Riley came in at, and that stuck. Hmm. And the last, name I, the last name I gave to myself, but Riley, yeah, that's been my name to people ever since. And it's been... That's a, that's a solid individual, Riley, from the boondock. So... Yeah, like I, I, I'll never forget my my biological father was like, he was like, why you ain't name yourself Huey? I'm like, I'm not a Huey nigga. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't go. It doesn't go. Like respect me as a rapper. Slams the door. Exactly. Why you ain't name? How was uh, your fa- your family dynamic in regards to music? Were they supportive in you pursuing hip hop? I mean, my mother. I did. I didn't, I didn't tell my mother at all. Like she just found out on her own. Uh-huh. Like I think one of her coworkers came across my stuff, and then you know they let her hear it, and that's how she came across. <laughs> I, that's a fun. <laughs> Yeah, I never planned on telling her. I was just gonna go about it on. I was just gonna go about it on my own. Let the results show for itself. Yeah, because I know this when it comes to family and dreams. Like the average goal is the average goal is the, like the cheesy American American dream goal. You go to school, you graduate school, go to college, college, you graduate from college, you get a job, you move, you move out, you get an apartment, and that's it. And I'm like, uh, like, no, I want to do, I want to do this. I'm going to deviate. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what, I mean, we can't blame them for on, and to, to an extent, because that's kind of what they're fed 
and like what they especially as black people like stability is like the goal like if you can be as stable as possible like you'll be all right you know but it's not necessarily the most fulfilling thing (laughs) um and i say that because i've i've told this story already a bunch of times like before i moved here to new york which i just moved here in february of this year um, i was working a corporate job and i was kind of being fed that same dream like I'm so upset that I have, I'm in such, I'm in deep student loan debt. But anyway, I went to college. I have a bachelor's degree. I started working in corporate. Um, I was miserable, <laughs> miserable. Like everyone's looking forward to the weekend. Everyone's like, thank God it's Friday. And then they're back on Monday and they treat each other like shit because they hate themselves. They hate their lives. Um, and then I'm just like, this is my, cre- I'm a creative person. Like this is where all creativity goes to die. And I've had a conversation about this with Wolf and Wolf was saying, he thinks that everyone's creative in one way or another, but you know, some people put themselves in those boxes that just don't allow that to flourish. And I'm like, that's absolutely true. Cause when I was working corporate, I've just felt my creativity dwindling day by day. I'm just like, oh, hell no, this is not for me. I need to plot. I need to think what do I need to do next. And now I'm, I moved to New York. I'm trying to do this, the beatbox thing. And I'm the brokest I've, I've been in a long time, but I'm also the happiest that I've been in a long time because I'm fulfilled. I mean, not, nah, and I totally, I totally respect it. And, but yeah. another, another thing is I, I think people suppress their creativity out of one, being fed this American dream shit from birth and two, and another thing is Fear. them, yeah, them not believing themselves. Yeah, that that's technically fair. They're not believing yeah. themselves enough to change their situation. Like, there's, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong having a nine to five. No. As long as you utilize it to your you know, to your goals, and that, as long as, as long as you utilize that to your goals, that's. And my is this something that you want? You know, like, are you in a nine to five that you really love? Because I know people who work corporate jobs that are passionate about what they do. So it's like, are you passionate? Are you fulfilled? And then also, when it comes to the people, other people living the lives that they want to live, like, are you projecting your fears on those people when you give them advice? And I felt like for me that happened a lot. Not even by not even by my own parents, by some of my other family members have been projecting their fears on me and what I'm about to do. My mom has always been supportive and anything that I ever wanted to do, if I wanted to fucking quit everything and just become a ballerina or something, my mom would be like, yeah, you go be a ballerina. Because that's just the type of person that she is. Nah. Um, with me, it's always been like, pra- with, with me, it's always been practical. Like if I'm going to quit something, it's going to be with something else attached to it in mind. Like make make that transition to where I don't hurt myself more, you know, yes. and this way. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to quit a job that doesn't like serve my mental health. That doesn't mm-hmm. serve mental health. Like I some rather- of, sometimes you got to face some scary shit and take a leap off the deep end. I mean, don't be completely irrational about it, but yeah, exactly. some of my completely irrational <laughs> moves have sparked some really good times and good lessons for me in life especially while I don't have no kids I'm young I can move around and I can I can afford I have room to make a lot of mistakes whereas my parents did not have room because by the time I'm my parents were 20 20 damn near 21 they had two kids so it's like they couldn't really afford to make those mistakes yeah and I think that's where the projection come in because they live their lives differently than we did 
Like, I think so. Like my mother had, including me, my mother had three kids. I'm 30 plus, no kids, nothing tied to me. And like, and like you said, I have room to make this. I have room to make mistakes as long as those mistakes doesn't put me in a, put me in two boxes. I'm good, you know? So, so there's that. So I feel like, you know, I rather just live them out doing the shit that like doing the shit that I want to do primarily, primarily doing the shit that I need to do until I can do what I want to do full time. So that's why I'm like, I don't have an issue doing the nine to five because I need, because if anything, it serves as, you know, financial backing for the shit that I really want to do outside of mm-hmm. it. There's yeah, that. I mean, yeah, there's plenty of that. Definitely. Um, May Moxie, she's someone I've had on here. She's a corporate woman. Um, and she spends uses she needs the her corporate job it supports her her what she really wants to do so eventually she can make that transition and she won't have to suffer while trying to to get it exactly exactly yeah i want to i want you to tell me about an album that changed your life and why the album that changed my life eminem Just changed it oh that was no. quick which which one <laughs> um Slim Shady LP. And what? How did that affect your life? Uh, I mean, I grew up listening like to New York music, and don't get me wrong, like niggas like Jay Z, Biggie, and Nas, and all the mother niggas, like they're still very important to me. But it's just I never related to them. Like I didn't live the life that they lived. It's just what it is. <laughs> And yeah. uh, while their music was good, I just couldn't, it didn't resonate with me like Eminem's did. Like, okay. moving, like, moving around. I'm about to say, in what ways, but you go, go ahead, get into it. Like, moving around and being, moving around in different places, being bullied and finding, you know, I, I, I don't want to say the word peace, but finding comfort and like doing hip hop rap doing hip-hop rap music and expressing and the way that he expresses it. it it'll be funny as shit, but the bars be hard as fuck. Like, yeah. I, I know, it's a, and I know he gets a lot of shit today because the last few projects he came out, the last projects he came out with since his sobriety hasn't been all that great, but it doesn't change the fact that he impacted the hip-hop culture. And he and he did it while being white, like yeah. And my and mind and mind you, like this is he came out way after you know the Vanilla Ice and the MC Search, like bad white rappers already had a bad rap. Not to mention, you know, them be the the whole conversation with them being a guest in hip hop. You know, so for him to make the impact the way that he did, that's. That's still big to me, regardless. So I can never like play him corny or that at all. And if it wasn't for an Eminem, there wouldn't be a Riley Rittens or multiple other rappers that he's impacted. Some in the mainstream. So yeah, that's fair. So there's that. But yeah, Slim Shady LP. Um, once I once I heard it, like I I. Let me not say I wore that disc out. I played that shit up until I lost you it. You wore it out. <laughs> I, I lost it. I actually lost mm-hmm. it. Like I mm-hmm. bought 
I we I bought that shit like three times. And this this was when that CD store near World Trade was there. I forgot the name of it. I don't know how I forgot the name of that shit. It was a fucking music store that used to be right across the street from the World Trade. I don't know if the name was. I have no idea because I'm not from here. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I forgot, but I forgot the name of it. I don't know. If... <laughs> but um, yeah, we have um in the in California we have Amoeba, we Amoeba Music, we have Rasputin, but those are like our mainstream record stores. Amoeba just closed down, sadly. Yeah, a lot of them are going, but um, yeah, because of COVID. Yeah, but um, yeah. Since Slim Shady also, and streaming, music streaming is kind of eliminating that. But go ahead. Yeah, that too. But yeah, Slim mm-hmm. Shady LP, like it was like wow. Like mm-hmm. I like I relate like I relate to him, especially with songs like Rock Bottom. I wish I just don't give a fuck. Like all them, like all them, just like wow. Like there's the guy. And hmm. like he serves as one of my influences and inspirations for me, like starting rap. Okay. So. Big respects to Slim Shady. Okay. Mm-hmm. To Aftermath, all them. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> tell me your favorite bar that you've written or one my, of them. My favorite bar? Yeah, one of your favorite bars. I don't have honestly. I don't have a favorite bar. I'm such a heavy well, critic. I'm such a heavy critic. Well, tell me one that you really like. There's the thing. I don't like any of them. Like I'm serious. Oh, I'm. I am such a critic on myself. Like anything, anything that I write after the fact, I hate. <laughs> like once yeah. I write it and then I record it and then I listen back at like I'm such a heavy critic on myself. Like. I'll write it and record it, then listen back. I'm like, damn, I could have gotten a, I could have said a better line than that. Only for other niggas to tell me, like, yo, that shit was super hard. And I'm like, you think so? Because I don't oh, think so. <laughs> oh, God. Well, keep on doing it because one day you'll have a bar that you really like. <laughs> I hope. Like, I'm so, I am super, super self-critical. Like, to this day, whenever I record myself, I, I always tell my engineer, and I always tell my engineer, and I know he's getting sick of hearing it, like, yo, for some reason, I really don't like, I really don't like my voice. And he'll get me crazy, like, but he understands because it's really, it's, I think to him, it's really an artist thing. Like, we not. From what he told me, nobody likes their own voice when they hear it. So yeah, I don't not... really, I haven't really heard someone say that they really enjoy their voice. I know Dr. Dre is not a, not a rapper, but Dr. Dre has mentioned that he really hates his own voice. But niggas kept telling him that he need, he should rap, and so he does. But he just never really likes the sound of his voice. And I actually like the sound of Dr. Dre's voice. I yeah, like that's the craziest shit. Like you'll hear somebody else's voice, he's like, "Yo, he got a perfect voice for this shit." Yeah. But then niggas tell you it's what? Like I sound mad. <laughs> I don't. I don't even sound but right. That's, but that's all about that goes back to everyone being an individual and kind of just like sitting in that and standing in that. Because I have an episode with Lord Queso, who's from Brooklyn. And he was saying how he he started off trying to sound like others, and now he kind of just claimed 
himself and he he just sounds like himself and that's what i really like about lord queso it's like his voice is very original like he's kind of a goofy dude so his voice is kind of goofy and i really really like that about his music mm. yeah like have you um, heard of him not until just now okay so no i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna send you um do you have title uh or app what p- platform do you stream music n- on None of them, but you can send me his stuff anyway. Okay, well, I'm going to send you <laughs> I'm going to send you tr- his uh, title, his projects that he has on title. Like and then you can just look it up on YouTube. The Army Music. Or on Bandcamp. Yeah, Bandcamp. that's true. Like, like, the only streaming service I've used is Tidal. And that's been, and that's and yeah, see? yeah and but that was when you know around when 444 came out and i haven't done it since so there's that yeah title has a lot of exclusive stuff so I yeah that's the only that's, i'm, I'm, I'm sorry you. that's the only streaming i'm sorry that but that that's the only no, streaming okay. music that i that i liked but outside of that is yeah yeah mm. I'm gonna send you Lord Case's page on Bandcamp then and then because you definitely yeah. have Bandcamp. And so you can check him out. He's really cool. He was he performed in my um my showcase that I had last Oh week, yeah, so. shout out to that. Like that was dope. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. There's more to come, more to come. Just adjusting as COVID, yeah. you know, happens. So because even that event, that's why it wasn't open to the public because of just you know the pandemic and everything so I had to make it very exclusive but I did live stream it and there's a video recap coming soon um, on social media and then eventually we'll be on the beatbox website when the beatbox website is ready (laughs) but Riley thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your experience very smart guy very very fire rapper as well cop 12 on Bandcamp. Riley Ritz, R-I-L-E-Y W-R-I-T-T-S or if you want to see this man, review only <laughs> you, wow. you can find uh, him on IG yeah. <laughs> um, what was your favorite what was your favorite tracks off there, if you have any well, I just, New York Aesthetic was the one that really um, resonated with me not resonated necessarily, but I was like oh, okay, because I remember I had, I had listened to a few tracks before but like for me, when it comes to listening to uh, to projects, I it takes me a couple times to like for things to really sit. Like even with the mainstream shit, like Ty Dolla Sign, I really like Ty Dolla Sign. He just dropped a new album. Like it's gonna it's gonna take me like four listens before I'm like, okay, these are the songs that I like. Because I just don't think that you could form an opinion on things from the first listen. Besides, like okay, I like this. Okay, I don't. Yeah, like, this. like that's. An- yeah, that's another but, thing I address too. I feel like people, like that's why I'm like I don't understand when people say they feel overwhelmed by all the music that came out, and I'm like, why don't you just listen to them on your own leisure? Like I don't know why y'all feel pressure to listen. Like I know why, but it's because people are trying to. I mean, it depends on your what you're doing in life, but I feel like a lot of people want to be, in, you know want to be in yeah, on the trend yeah. so it's like okay let me hurry up and listen to yeah. this new album real quick before people are not talking about it anymore like that's yeah. not the point of yeah that yeah art. that yeah that's what it's gotten down to like people want to be the first people want to be yeah. the first ones with a trash take 
which normally, which 90, 95% of them are. 95% of them rushing with it. Yeah. 95% takes are trash and they're irrational. Like, mm. I'll see, like, I kid you not, you, I'll, see the, I'll see a tweet like three, maybe five minutes after the album came out with a take. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's impossible. The album just came out five minutes ago. And it's and it's what ten tracks? How the fuck you heard tr- ten tracks in five minutes? Right, and people got flames emojis yeah. and all that. Like you, you, like it's one thing saying like this artist is dope, so I know that what they're gonna produce is dope. So let me just let let everyone know like this is about to be dope. Then it's another thing for someone to proclaim just things that you can't can't possibly know without really adulting exactly. the art. Like, I can understand like, the only people that should feel overwhelmed is like the music edit, like, it's the music editors and the journalists. That, I, like, that I understand because they have to write pieces on these or, or whatever the fuck. So I understand them feeling overwhelmed. But for regular listeners, it's like, it makes no sense to... It makes no sense. Like over how you overwhelm how just listen to them shits at your own leisure. That's like that's like that's what I always do. Like whenever whenever shit drops every every Friday, whatever the fuck, I just be looking at them shits and I'll say like, yo, I'll, I mean, I guess I mean I'll get to them when it sparks me or whatever the fuck. Or whenever I come across some shit that looks fire or sounds fire just saw a preview clip then i'll be like all right you know what let me get into it but other than that i never feel overwhelmed because i'm not eager to rush to the internet internet just to have it just to have a take to go viral that's not that's vanity shit that's vanity driven shit i'm not listening to music just so i can just so I could have a vanity-driven take. Like, people throw around words like classic and trash, like, way too loosely. And you're not even, you're not even yeah. fully consuming the music. You're not even fully consuming the music. Like, what the fuck? And I, and I really feel yeah. for the artists that have their mute, that have their music dissected like that, especially when giving, hmm so much thought to your content that's being planned months and months and months in advance only for a per only for a stranger behind an anime profile picture to dissect it in five to ten fucking minutes. It's not fair. It's not fair to them. No, it's not fair. So let's be fair. Let's uh, let's consume art correctly um and treat hip hop like you do any other art. Like really yeah. take it in. Really take it in. I think in here in the U.S. specifically, we kind of we're just when it comes to hip hop, we're riding the, these trends, um, and we're you know consuming it as quickly yeah, as possible, just so, and then moving yeah, and moving just, on. Yeah, just so y'all can have a, just so y'all can have a trash take. And that's another thing that should and that's another thing that offends me is like when like when people are consuming music for 24, 48 hours, and then after that, it's considered. Oh, it's considered old to them. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't it, make sense. It's old until someone else releases another. It's new until someone else releases another album. Then it's like, okay, that's old. Let's move on. Like, no, these are all collections of works that all are. There's no timeline. It's not linear. It's just this is just a contribution yeah. to the art. It's like, a part of the art. 
It's in the bubble. Like it doesn't have like it doesn't have an expiration date. So I hate it when people treat it as if they do. Like two days after like two days after they drop, you're already looking for more music. Like that shit was mad. like that shit is mad weird. Like a day or two days later. Like Super when you coming out with more music, like the, the fuck is wrong with you, you weirdo? And <laughs> with that, I will so go ahead, go nah, ahead. Go and I also put that on, and I'll, I I kind of want to put it on both the listener, but I also put it on the artist, too. That's why I be telling niggas, like, yo, like, take your time when creating your stuff. Don't feel pressed. Because I saw somebody saying, because I saw some, like, goofy niggas. I hate when, I hate when, when it's regular listeners or casual listeners giving out advice as if they're that, as if they're fucking A&Rs or something. Like, like, shut the fuck, like, shut the fuck up. You're a fan. Stay in the fan's place. Like, you niggas work a regular nine to five. And while I appreciate y'all supporting the shit, like, don't, don't give other niggas advice. Don't give other, don't give fucking, don't give advice from the bench. That's my thing. But anyway, like, he's telling, yeah, he's giving artists, like, he's saying in general how, Artists should be putting out like five, six, five or six projects or whatever the fuck. Just, 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 okay, yeah. A&R. Like, I didn't know just, that that's what you did. Just to be, just to be in the conversation. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, five, putting out three to four, five albums a, a year doesn't mean anything if the quality is shit. Like it does. Like, what does it mean if they're all garbage? You're just at this point. You're just putting them out just to put them out. Like I. Either... Yeah, and that's all the commercialization thing. Like production, production. Let's like let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Assembly line. Like this is a, a hit factory. Like no, this is not. This is at the pacing of the artist because at the end of the day, an artist is supposed to capture life. So life needs to be lived first for them to capture that and then interpret it like, on it... the track. Exactly. Like that's unreal. Like to me, that's unrealistic. Like not everyone had like yeah. not everyone has the Tupac worth ethnic. Not everyone has the Lil Wayne worth ethnic. And that's okay. Work at yeah. your move at your yeah. own pace. Like these these fickle people ain't mm-hmm. going going anywhere. Work on your time. Like I rather mm-hmm. One one good quality album every year, or one good quality album every two or three years, then they get four or five shitty projects in one year because you're trying to keep up with the so called demands of casual fans. Like fuck out of here. Facts. With that, I'm a I'm a I'm gonna leave them with that. Um, and I'm going to say I appreciate you for coming on and sharing your valued, valued opinion, very important perspective, very valid, very credible. Um, and yeah, thanks for contributing to the beatbox. I hope to be able to collaborate with you in the future to support your music in any way that I can. Maybe you can be a part of one of my shows in one way or another uh, or whatever. But overall, thank you. Thank, thank you. you for having me. It's refresh. It's always refreshing to. I mean, I'm grateful to be on, you know, podcasts and platforms in general, but it's always refreshing to talk about music stuff. Right. Right. 
music is, makes the world go around at the end of the day and hip hop is one of the biggest cultural phenomenons in the in the world so with that I just want to rem- remind my listeners that I'm not a hip hop expert I'm just a hip hop lover and that's it peace, peace you. Riley